receive a reading from the Word of God. Yes, a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within us, according to your grace and mercy. May we affirm our faith with joy and a willing spirit as we hear today's scripture. 
Our reading is from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is God's word to God's people. Thanks be to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
Most all of us are of an age where we remember when church used to be the thing that everybody did uh, Sunday mornings, that it was a, it was a place that was just a, a common gathering spot for our communities. Well, that kind of America is gone. It, it is just uh, simply gone, it seems. And church has become a, a marginalized institution in most of America. I read various studies and, and they talk about how uh, most all of us Americans uh, think we're religious. 
most all of us recognize that there's a God. We uh, might think of ourselves as spiritual people, uh, but the truth of the matter is it's a much smaller number of us who actually live out um, that by being present like we are on a Sunday morning. So you might guess that bothers me. Um, uh, maybe I have a vested interest in, in the church thing happening, I don't know, but um, it should bother all of us, I think. And, and part of the reason why I say I'm sad about this is that I think church offers something to people and they, they miss out on something that's very important when they don't connect to a church, don't gather around with uh, people who are, are like-minded in understanding the importance of God and of living out their faith in their life. Because it's hard to be a person of faith nowadays. I'm going to spend a, a number of Sundays uh, talking about why, why go to church. And uh, today I'm going to start by giving some, uh, some biblical basis to it, but in the, in the subsequent Sundays I'm going to talk a little bit more from the point of view of our human needs and our, our human hopes, from our existential situation as to why church is a good thing to get involved in. But I begin today by, by lifting up for you Bible guys, uh, lifting up eight reasons that come out of the Bible for why uh, going to church is a good thing. And uh, number one on the list is uh, Jesus said do it. Well, he didn't actually say go be a Methodist and go to church. Um, at least he's not remembered saying that. He very well might have said that. We don't know, but nobody bothered to write that down. It, it does seem that Jesus had a, an assumption about the people who were following him and connecting to God through what he was doing, that they would gather with one another and be in worship of God and encourage one another to live their best lives. We recognize that because we see soon after his death, resurrection, and ascension, that these early believers are getting together. They indeed are actually getting together with one another. You can spend some time in the beginning of Acts and look at some scriptures where we're told what the early church did, how they gathered together for, for meals, for uh, singing, for praying, for, for listening and making sense out of scripture. So the early church did it. Scripture bears witness to us about that. And in Hebrews, we heard it read this morning that uh, in that passage, the author of Hebrews is saying, hey, 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 keep going to church. You know, don't, don't not gather with one another like some are not gathering. You should be gathering. And, and so there was, there was this expectation in the early church religious community to be with one another. A matter of fact, in Ephesians, we, we read stuff about how um, this gathering together is understood to be uh, the body of Christ, to be the living presence of the Christ, and that uh, certain people were being lifted up to give leadership or to uh, perform certain roles in that 
gathering and that that was God's doing. So we might want to say to ourselves, it's God's intention that we would be together and that we would one way or another surface folk who because of their gifts and graces would give some leadership to what we do when we gather together. It goes on to talk about how all the lay people all have roles to play also because they've been gifted and graced by God. Again, God's doing, God seems to be involved in this church business. It's God's doing that you have this grace or this gift and the church counts on everybody sharing their gifts to build the body of Christ in its wholeness. We all just can't be uh, prayers and we all just can't be smarty pants preachers or we all can't just be teachers. We all just can't be out there serving the world. We, all of us need to be together to create the whole of what the church is to be. But that's God's intention for us as people that believe. We come to church to receive from one another because each of us in our own spiritual being is not the full body of Christ. We need and we benefit from the gifts and graces that others have that rounds out the picture. What would this church be like if we didn't have happy feet, right? If, if she was not a part of the gift of the body, we would be missing something. And we receive a lot from Nancy as we receive from each one of us. We receive. But it's not just about receiving this church stuff for us. We're, we're giving also. I don't know if there's anybody in the church that can play all those four or five big bells that Larry does. A special gift to us. We receive but we also give. We give what distinctly God has given us the way we are. And I think we just have to be honest about it and recognize that Proverbs 18 is, is giving a bit of truth when it reminds us that we get a little weird if we're by ourselves too much. That we really are social, relational kind of people and we need one another to keep us on track. That's a fun and solid list of reasons that come to us out of Scripture. And some of us being uh, more biblically anchored than others of us um, appreciate being reminded that Scripture is full of good things for us. And one of those good things is the finger wagging, get the church! You should be going to church. That's my intention, God says. Jesus says, I think it's a good idea for you guys. And the early church did it and bore witness to its power for changing lives, for changing society. I want to think a little further about this, though, and, and say this morning that there, there's two general general kind of reasons for going to church besides these good specifics that we've got out of Scripture. And one is that God hangs out in church. 
God's here. Now, I know God's other places too. We, we, we know that, right? But we know that God is here and that you will encounter the power and the presence of God by coming to this place. God hangs out at church. You can bump into God at church. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. It's a good way to get your head screwed on straight as to who God is and who you are. There's a, a marvelous movie um, released some years ago. I forget how many years ago. But it's a marvelous movie. I, I've still remembered. And you know what? If we had monitors in this church, like I would put one up there above Brenda's head, up there in the corner. I would, I would put one over here by the... Yeah, I'd put one over here by the banner, and just so that I could see it without turning my back on you, I'd put one back there. The choir, you'd see a monitor if it was back there, couldn't you? If we had monitors, I would show you this film clip. And wouldn't that be great? Uh, Yes, it would be great is the answer. (laughs) But we don't have monitors at the moment, and so you're just going to have to listen as I try to paint the picture of this scene. There's this young adult daughter and mother having an argument, which seems to be something that a lot of young adult daughters and mothers do. Not sure why that is, but they enjoy expressing their love to one another in that way. And um, so they're, they're kind of going at it with each other in the kitchen. And um, I forget what the, what the reason was, but there's you know, gnashing of teeth and all that kind of stuff. And it, it had to do with how, um, how the mom could be uh, really so hopeful and happy about life still with as many problems as she's gone through. I think that's what the, the thing was. Because the daughter was going through a lot of problems too, and she felt she had a right to be angry and feeling crummy. And mom was trying to say, listen, come on, no, no. And in their conversation, the mom says, you know, sometimes you just got to go out there and get in the way of beauty so that the beauty affects you. Like a sunset or a sunrise. Put yourself out there. Sit down and look and see how that touches you. And, and being, one of the, being the kind of guy that likes uh, nature, I was like, ooh, cool. Because I've done that kind of stuff, and, and I find it kind of buoys you up to, to encounter something beautiful like that. And being who I am, I immediately thought, you know, that's preachable, because that's like with God, you know, you got to get yourself in God's way. Kind of let God run over you. Let God embrace you. Let God enfold you. And I think that happens at church. You can run into God at church. And maybe you won't notice God at the grocery store or on the soccer field. But you'll notice God here. Because God hangs out at churches. 
And you can get in God's way and get bowled over by God. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing to meet up with God a little more often and to be affected by God a little more deeply. So I read a book uh, some years ago, but it stayed with me. Its, it's title is uh, Take This Bread. It's by Sarah Miles. Now, Sarah Miles, she, uh, she was an atheist. She was raised an atheist, had no interest in churches. Uh, she was a journalist, uh, kind of built a reputation, fairly successful as a journalist, and uh, lived up in San Francisco. And, and she would walk around her neighborhood, and on Sunday morning, she would pass St. Michael's Episcopal Church. And uh, unlike our church, where we shut the doors so no one knows what's going on in here, St. Michael's opened their doors so that when you walked by, it was on a city street, you walked by, you could hear stuff going on. She wasn't very interested in what was going on in there, but for some reason, for some reason, one Sunday morning, Whatever the noise was that was coming out, it got her attention. And so she, she kind of snuck up the steps and ducked her head in the door and then brought her body in kind of you know, along the back wall, kind of just kind of got in there to see, you know, like, what is this stuff? What's going on in there? Who knows why that happened? She did it, I'm telling you. She goes in and she's interested. And because they were a friendly church when it came time for communion, Episcopal Church communion every Sunday, they started queuing up and they grabbed her and down she came with some other people down the aisle to get communion. And she took communion, this atheist took communion. And bang, she says, bam, bam, I think is what she says in the book. I just got hit by God. She felt like this warm, fuzzy glow, and, and she felt this sense of, of transcendence that she had never felt before in her life. She got touched by God through communion because of the elbow and because she tentatively climbed up the stairs and came in. And she writes in the book about how that was the beginning of a whole new her, in life, because she then started to come on Sundays to that church. She had never been in churches before, so she didn't know, you know, when do you stand up, when do you sit down, what is this Lord's Prayer business, what's this, what's that? All this stuff was new to her, which she learned and took in. And she did that because that experience was so dramatic to her that she had no way of explaining what happened to her except to say that this religious stuff that people talk about in churches is true. There's something to it, this God stuff. And that was what got her on the path. So now she's one of the lay leaders of that church. She, she leads special uh, social justice ministries at the church. She's helped that church be more responsive uh, to the neighborhood, to people not only just like her who are, are not believers, but to people in, in great need in, in that part of San Francisco. Uh, it's just a, a marvelous, marvelous story. Church can help 
people connect to God. Church helps you connect to God. Even people that have no time for God sometimes get in God's way and get touched by God. And that can happen by coming to a church. Church is also, like as we saw in Sarah's story, and I think many of us can bear witness, church is where we learn how to put into practice the, the overflowing of God's grace and love in our life that we experience by encountering God at the church. We, we learn our spiritual disciplines. We practice what we're hearing, uh, reading, how to be our better selves, what God would have us become. We develop the tools, the skills of not only better and better connecting to God and understanding God, but how to better and better connect with one another and love one another. And Lord knows that's not necessarily easy, is it? But in the church, maybe unlike at school or unlike in a sorority or unlike on the soccer field or unlike in the office, we're intentionally gathered to connect to God and to learn how to be our better selves. And we practice that. We practice getting along with one another, though we may be of different points of view on various concerns. We practice the humility of, of being a creature of God connected to other creatures of God. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. We have seen in papers recently and on news a, uh, scandals in churches and things like that of, of where um, people in pews and people at pulpits behind Eucharistic tables have behaved badly and have done great damage. And it's uh, incredibly saddening that in this type of a place, um, those kind of things occur. But that's not all that occurs in the church. There is so much good behavior there is so much loving and uplifting and molding of spirits and of souls and of personalities. That we need to be ever mindful of because our neighbors more and more are not thinking church is the place to be. We have the opportunity to show that there is a power of God in churches that transform lives. We have the opportunity at the curb with our garbage cans as we're putting them out or when we're having coffee with somebody as we bump into our neighbor, whatever the, the circumstance is, if something comes up, we have, we have the opportunity of inviting them on our elbow to 
come to church and experience the good things of church. You already know the bad things. That's why you're not going. But there's good things. And there's a whole lot more good things all over the place than things that would raise your eyebrows. So church has a power of connecting us to God and a power of transforming and bettering lives. Particularly if we do our best to get our egos out of the way and let God's Spirit rule and run in our lives. So, um, a few sermons on uh, why I go to church. And I'm, I'm hoping that this will kind of remind you of, of why you're going. I'm, I'm going to try to look into some other topics of uh, where church is uh, an added value in people's lives. Um, because a lot of people who are not church are not going to go to church because the Bible says go to church. They're going to go to church for some other reasons. And we want to be people that can help them discover that. Reasons like they, they need a sense of meaning and purpose in their life. They're, they're struggling for who they are, for what their identity is. We gain these things in a church. Um, perhaps they're, they're people who are, are disconnected from other people. They feel alienated in society or in their neighborhoods. A church is a marvelous place of, of connecting with people, many people who share some very similar values. It's a marvelous place to belong, to have a sense of community. Church provides community for us. Church provides some, some great information and wisdom about human life and how things go. Meaning, purpose, knowledge, belonging. These are things I'm going to talk about over these next few weeks as to the added value that can come into a life because of uh, the life's connection in church. Um, I'm hoping this might help us to um, be clearer about why we're coming, but also to perhaps find some words that we can use that would help us be more invitational to our neighbors. Because I think church could be an added value in their lives, too. Amen?